This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much, Cedric has been sub AO torching the blindside blue paper once again. You can hear in the voice the origin passion. The insatiable desire to win and the maroon-tinged fury. That's the Sumster and the Samster camped in the bludging in the blindside soundproof booth on ABC Grandstand HQ. The Sumster is in and the premiership window is wide open. Going to be the first to say happy rugby league, Australia. Origin 3, it did not disappoint. A league treat on the Gold Coast. Look at that scoreline. The tin Maroonland 20, Blue Wig Heaven 18. Do the maths, Australia. Have you done the maths already? 20 and 18 make 38. Collapse that number and you get 11. People say we make this stuff up. We don't. You could not make it up. The Illuminati and Rugby League, it's all there. All someone has to do is pick up a pen and join the dots. Referees have been in the spotlight in this new pulsating Rugby League era and Sutz did not miss his opportunity or his time to shine. He had come to blow on the Gold Coast, drove up thinking, bloody hell, I'm going to give him something to remember. Tweet. Come to another set of traffic lights. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Green. Off he goes. You know, you can see it now, can't you? He practised all the way up. And on the Gold Coast, he let the P do the talking. It was a record blow that may never be beaten at origin level in the future. Elsewhere, the man of feathers has moved the whole shebang north of the Tweed, the way I see it. Volandis dragged rugby league kicking and screaming over the uh, Tweed. And he dragged the Queensland government kicking and screaming to let him in. It was an incredible achievement. I I saw it described elsewhere as like the retreat from Dunkirk. We might get Roy's thoughts on Dunkirk and what it meant to, uh, you know, people at the Second World War and remind people that that's what rugby league is going through, the retreat from Dunkirk. I can see it now. Those boats crossing the Tweed, people like Kenneth Branner involved. I think Mark Rylance was involved as well and that plane flying over, all that stuff. Oh, it's just great. Rugby league, it's a funny old game, but it's just never never been better. Uh, certainly it's all happening up there. There are doubleheaders, magic rounds, footy frenzies for the rest of the season. Still not sure about the magic and magic round. I noticed they've got a bit of a mini magic round going on at the moment. Obviously the Parramatta and the uh, Titans last night. Uh, they've got, we might go through the fixtures that make up Magic Round on the Gold Coast uh, coming up later in the show. But uh, look, Magic, If I, I'm sure if I look hard enough, I'll find some. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be other Magic Rounds. And by the end of the year, I'm pretty sure I'll have full, be full bottle on the Magic and Magic Round. And the big Rotusi at the end of the season, well, the end of year frolic that's up for grabs. Late Mail suggests Adelaide Oval has the inside running. And there's a very, oh, I tell you why. 
is Adelaide Oval could handle 25,000 of quarantining caravans along Memorial Drive, no problem at all. They've got plenty of space there around Adelaide Oval for the quarantining caravans. And uh, once they put up the barbed wire fence and run electricity through it, I'm pretty sure everything will be tickety-boo. Memorial Drive, very attractive part of Australia's sporting infrastructure. Uh, And can I point out also... There's a very attractive cash bid on the table from Watsford Oval. Olympic update and the big news, tennis-wise, Ash. That's our SW19 Wimbledon champions off to Tokyo. I've got another gold in the hip pocket. Bloody hell, it's getting crammed in there already. I've got that softball gold in there, obviously. You know, Dimonua was going to be a gold in there, but he's not. But now I've got Ash Barty in there as well. It's just getting wedged. It's just getting completely wedged. In late mail, our swim team has taken to the sauna suits to acclimatise to the searing heat that will greet them in Tokyo in a few days' time. Apparently the bag, something you haven't come across it before, the bag can give the, the wearer a 60-degree experience in just 20 minutes. Amazing, isn't it? 60 degrees in just 20 minutes. That's some bag. I've tried a lot of bags in my time, trying to acclimatise to various parts of the world. I've, I've never got better than 30 degrees in about an hour and a half. But 60 degree, I mean... You'd almost be dead in there at 60 degrees, be that it may. That's what the swimmers are prepared to go through. Out of work, automotive electrician, screen printers with an interest in rugby league art and Australian rural and regional hairdressers staying open through the pandemic. Welcome to bludging on the blind side. H.G. Nelson opening the blind side dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week went too much, but he's barely enough. In breaking news... While Queensland has flung open the gates and welcomed the rugby league stars, our Olympic hopefuls, that's uh, those uh, in the Sydney area, our Olympic hopefuls are stuck in Sydney and banned from entering the Sunshine State for a training camp in Cairns. Again, I've made this observation before and this uh, program is not resiled from it. There's one rule for first-class citizens, i.e. rugby league people, and a completely other set of rules for all our Olympians. Can I just coin a phrase? It stinks. It stinks. I mean, people forget that the Olympics are starting on Friday. Friday, this coming Friday. They postponed from last year. They said it would never happen. Now it is, this Friday. We've got to get – and these these kids, as I call them, have, you know, postponed their lives to be part of this adventure in sport that's going to explode across our televisions from Friday. Still with league. Uh, the Dragons apologise for the barbecue at Vaughan, saying we did not think. Uh, can I point out – I don't know if that's uh, you know needs to be said when you've got the word rugby league in front of it. Thinking in rugby league, it's not something that go together. That's the beauty of the game. People don't think they just play football. Uh, but they've given their coach Hook a few headaches for the rest of the uh, the rest of the uh, season. They did okay for a while last night. I think in the first half they were ahead at half time when they went in the sheds and they came out and they got clobbered by Manly. Uh, you know, I, you know, can I be the first to say this? I'd take me bet off the Dragons making the top four for the rest of the season. But rugby league is a funny old game. But the uh, whole Shoalhaven fright or flight incident raises the question again of uh, whether a police flying squad dedicated to rugby league crime is necessary. I'm saying it is. I'm pretty sure Roy's saying it is. And we've obviously got the... Uh, the uh, Greenfield site for the Rugby League jail where players will live while they're not playing. Elsewhere, the old gold fruit and nuts struggled against the French tricolour pullets in Melbourne. Uh, off to Brisbane tonight, obviously. It was a, it was, um, well, let's face it, it wasn't a great, great spectacle, really. Tune, old golds 26, cocker vans 28, series levelled at one all, decided tonight. This, I must say, was the first test win 
down under by the tourists, as in the French, in 31 years. And on the upside, Mr Melbourne football's Eddie Maguire has fallen completely under under the spell of an international fixture in Melbourne on a Tuesday night. Eddie cacked his dax with excitement at seeing a 15-a-side game in the flesh. I mean, it was a dream come true. He's at a loose end. Obviously, COVID problems, can't go anywhere except a rugby union. And he was just gobsmacked about how great it was. And still with international sport, the Euros 2020 climaxed in Rome on Monday morning. Remember, should I say in Wembley on Monday morning, with obviously Italy winning. Remember, good times never felt so good. Remember all that? Football's coming home. Remember all that? Ah, good times never felt so good. I mean, it's great. It's great song until your team misses on a penalty shootout and misses the cut glass decanter with a penalty shootout. That's when the air goes out of that particular blue balloon and a song sung blue from the Neil Diamond Cannon might be a suitable replacement for uh, your Spotify chart selections. Boxing and very QT on the donkey circuit, but it looks as though the Smith v Zoo 1 is on. Liam said he prepared to fight Tim tomorrow, a development that uh, has the tip of the tongue nearing the lips and creating this sort of noise. As in licking the lips. Golf and big wins to Herbert, Herbert Lucas in Isle, or should I say Lucas Herbert, bloke with two nick surnames. Lucas Herbert, Herbert Lucas, take your pick, in Ireland. And Min Woo Lee cleaned up in Scottish Open. Uh, former number one Adam Scott has called the irresponsible for the Olympics to go ahead. I had him down as gold. Sadly, that can't be. He's had no second thoughts about knocking, well, knocking back, dragging the bag in Tokyo. Now, I don't want uh, to put too much pressure on the bloke, but uh, it did occur to me to ask if our, the forgotten man of Australian golf, Mark Hensby, was available to grip it and rip it in Tokyo. Just asking. It'd be worth a call. And the other question is, is the Shark going up to captain the team? God, Hensby and Shark. What a formidable combination that would be in Tokyo. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward once again through this hotly backed up stoolage of the week sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. And if you've had a go, get in the queue for another go. If you, well, you know, you know the drum. Uh, now, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a man who noticed plenty of green shoots this week. Thursday, he had to get the ride on out of the double garage and the whippersnipper for the first time in months. He's got so many green shoots, you can hardly see the house. The whole front yard's gone berserk. It was a fire trap. The CFA had come round and said, hey, buddy, how about doing something about the front yard? And he did. Now, he trimmed up the whole front yard and he thought to himself, it won't be long before we can all nick down to Bunnings for a can of seconds. That's what he thought as he put the mower away. And then he rolled the victor back into the double garage and he spotted behind a pallet of hand sanitizer 100,000 doses of Pfizer that had been dropped off at his place by mistake. He offered the load to Health Minister. Who bellowed, no thanks, Tiger. I've got this covered. Everything's tickety-boo on the jab front. The man who made the offer to the National Cabinet is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blind side bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your wrestler's eye this week? Are you... Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and happy Rugby League, H.G., and happy Rugby League Australia. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, bumping in the streets, asking how the Watsford Oval development is going. There's been a snag at Watsford Oval, unfortunately. The New South Government, the New South Wales Government, that is, is refusing to allow the shifting of the Lithgow Railway Station. Um, now, I... <laughs> have been in consultation with both the Lithgow City Council and the New South Wales Government and, indeed, the Federal Government, because it is Federal Government funds we're trying to uh, make use of. I mean, the money's there. It's just being able to access it that ah. is frustrating to uh, the Council of, uh, of Lithgow. I have suggested a dedicated Watsford Oval station, which would be in Albert Street, 
not very difficult to organise. And if the railway station is placed there, that is Watsford Oval Railway Station, then the planned stand car, car park. park comes slash stadia dedicated to uh, patrons at Watsford Oval at those very attractive angles we suggested that uh, the cars would be able to be parked at would be able to go ahead. At this stage, I've heard nothing from, I think it might be Andrew Constance, who is the Transport Minister. Stokesy, the Planning Minister yes, in New South Wales. Yes, that's right. It's, uh, it's Andrew Constance who, who all he needs to do is rubber stamp the move, the addition of another railway station at Lithgow. There's only one there. The nearest one would be probably Wallerawang or Portland or Bathurst, Blacksland. I mean, there's one railway station and nothing for miles around Lithgow. So, it's not a big ask. Just say, yes, Watsford Oval Railway Station, go ahead. And then we can get the stadium built and it would be a, a real feather in the cap of New South Wales tourism. People will come if you build it. We know this. Now, Australia loses the one-day series to the West Indies, yes. But I tell you what, one bloke, one Aussie, held his head high. Mm. That's Mitchell Marsh. Mm, the most hated you man Well, you won't have a word said against Mitchell Marsh on this program. Never have done. I've known Mitchell Marsh for a hell of a long time and remember his old man. I remember his old man, terrific bloke. Swampy. Swamp, Swamp Marsh. Well, this kid's a real chip, a real chip that Swamp can be proud of. Uh, I spent a fair bit of time with Mitchell Marsh over the years. I've found him a very engaging young fellow, always prepared to listen. <laughs> Unlike many, many of our current career. I mean, try talking to Smith, for example. Ah. He just takes nothing in, Smith. I mean, you go to ask him a question and he's just telling you stories, stories I am not interested in. Whereas Mitchell Marsh, he'll sit back and, and say, oh, that's very interesting, Roy. Thank you very much. That's good advice. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll try that. And he did. And he does. And he's still learning. We can learn a lot from characters who have the Anzac spirit, like Mitchell Marsh. What a great Australian at the moment. Outstanding. Outstanding young Australian. Mm -hmm. Well, not so young anymore. Now, uh, is pressure mounting on Coach Langer? <laughs> Coach Langer, this is Justin Langer, he's quoted as saying, quote, I want to be a great coach and make Australia a great team. God almighty. Hey? He said this with, with a straight face. I know. As if we, the press, are meant to accept that and, you know, jot it down in shorthand and then translate it later and then look at what you've written and see it's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Drivel mm -hmm. coming from Langer. Mm -hmm. no, wonder the, no wonder he's lost the room. Mm -hmm. No wonder the players aren't listening to him. Well, they've never listened to him. No, true. Never listened to Justin mm -hmm. Langer. I've never listened to Justin Langer. I haven't spent that much time with him. The few times I have spent with him, I haven't listened. Why would you? Haydos, on the other hand, his opening batsman partner, I'm always listening to Haydos. Mm -hmm. Terrific bloke. Mm -hmm. Whereas Langer, I don't know. It as soon as words come out of his mouth, they turn into something, they turn into dust. He doesn't understand anything about boat safety, he, does he? He knows nothing about cricket, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, that's the truth. I just left that subject. I'd be happy to listen to him about boat safety. Now, Roger reveals his reconstructed knee has gone again and this is why he stumbled at the net and missed that very easy volley. And that's when he got bashed up six blot. He was playing on one leg. Shot. 
shot. So uh, I don't know what he's going to do, whether he's going to have another reconstruction. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. I haven't spoken to his people. I'm prepared to reach out this week. I know uh, we have some of the best surgeons in the world when it comes to knee reconstruction. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the amount of rugby league that's played in this country, there's a disproportionate amount of knee work done. Uh, I think Merv Cross might be out. Well, he might have retired, Merv. Well, I know the Merv. The next generation. Well, I'm going to reach out to Merv to see if he'd come out of retirement to, to have, have, a, look to have a look at Roger's knee. Have you seen the x-rays yet? I haven't seen the x-rays yeah. yet. I'm expecting them this evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I've seen them, you'll see them, HG, and That's I'll right. flip them straight across to Merv and say, Merv, have you still got it in you? Because I know Merv is a great Australian. Outstanding. An outstanding Australian, and if uh, Roger was to reach out, Merv would be the first man to put his hand up and say, yes, scalpels are ready, come on down. Uh, Now, the Duchess of Cambridge, especially of Wimbledon as we were, obliquely, the Duchess of Cambridge, she's wowed the crowds this year, HG. Um, It was great she got up and uh, was part of the uh, the Mexican wave. Oh, no, that's incredible. And, and look, it was a real reach out to the people, mm-hmm. and uh, the people just just loved it. And uh, I did. It, it was a real you felt a real connection. And she's picked up the baton that was untidily dropped by the Duchess of Kent yes. all those years yes. ago, whom yes. we got to know very well. Yes. She loved her tennis, the Duchess of Kent, and we uh, remember she gave us a lift in the back of her uh, Volvo at one stage. Do you recall I that? Know, she gave it. She went out of her way. She went out of her way and said, where are you boys going? We said, we're going into town. She said, well, hop on in. It was very kind of her and uh, we discussed tennis all the way and she loves her tennis. Um, Did you see it as an audition for the role? The uh, the Mexican wave involvement from the Duchess of from Cambridge. From the Duchess of Cambridge. And, and look, and, I just thought that she's 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 very much of now. Mm-hmm. She's very modern, mm-hmm. HG. We couldn't expect the Duchess of uh, Kent to uh, get up and do the Mexican wave because it was beneath her. <laughs> but it but 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 somehow the Duchess of Cambridge raised everybody's level yes. to hers. Can I ask? And, and may, look, I, I just thought it was a, a wonderful thing and terrific to see that the Duke of Kent is still doing his marvellous work. This is the bloke that looks like Prince Philip uh, but is of no relation, yeah. uh, you realise. Terrific bloke and he comes out uh, to hand out the uh, the trophy at the end of the men's final and always has a little bit of time for the for the ball kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll mm-hmm. say, you're a, you're a ball kid, are you? You're a ball boy, are you? Yes, very good, yes. And you're, you're a... You're a ball boy, are you? Yes, I suppose you're a ball boy too. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Where do I go now? Terrific work. Um, now, the Boomers, HG, they've stunned oh, Team USA, 91-83. It's the biggest win in the Boomers' history, and I, I was incredibly proud of what they achieved. It was just fantastic work. Uh, the fallout, however, is not so good, and there may well be uh, implications Dimonar style in the sense that two of the uh, Team USA players have subsequently come down with coronavirus, and it would appear that they would have been carrying when they were playing the Australians. So this is a very difficult and tricky time for the Boomers. And the Opals um, won this morning. The Opals beat uh, Team USA this morning mm. without Liz Cambridge and we send Liz Cambridge all our very, very, very best wishes uh, for her complete uh, recovery from whatever malady she is suffering from at the moment. Uh, so Australian basketball, touch wood, is in pretty good shape and at this stage you'd have to say we're be eyeing off two golds. Oh, yeah. 
I've got two goals in the pocket with Al. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put pressure on him, though. I won't. It's not my go. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, see the young French kids, those young French kids who wormed their way into their hearts. Ah, they level the series, and that yeah. match tonight is going to make for fascinating viewing. Yeah, fascinating is the word. Fascinating viewing mm-hmm. this evening. If people love their rugby, or even not, if you just like seeing, uh, you know, the Wallabies run around. Um, I know the Wallabies are complaining about what's happening at the breakdown, the uh, the French kids who, remember, only nine of them have played the game before, uh, the French kids are slowing down the, uh, uh, the breakdown and uh, the Wallabies are having difficulty getting the ball away quickly, which is... Uh, I must say, it's never been their go. I mean, you never associate quick ball with the Wallabies, so uh, I don't know where this is coming from unless they've changed their style in the last week, which I doubt. Anyway, it'll, it's going to be fantastic. Now, uh, David Campo Campisi. Ah, yes. Uh, I always listen to David. Yeah, no, I lean forward to talk, talk about outstanding young Australians. I mean, David Campisi, I mean, how many tests? About 140 tests, how many tries? Thousands. Nobody played played the game in a better or fairer spirit than uh, David Campi, Campo Campisi. Especially passing behind, though. Oh, yeah. He, he could do anything, that bloke with the ball. Uh, now, David Campisi, whom I might have mentioned I do listen to, he would like to see the Cadbury Wallabies throw the ball around a little bit more and get it out to the wings. Whoa! Oh, man, I don't like the idea of the Wallabies passing the ball. I mean, their handling is not their Go. strong suit, yeah. is it? I mean, if anything, uh, I'd prefer to see the Wallabies just run one out. At least you know... You know, they're not, they're not going to... Yeah, ball security. It's only exactly. one Respect idea. Ball. Yeah, I know, I know, no, 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 I know. Anyway, who, who are we to say? All we do is watch. Now, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Uh, now, the same, this is baffling me, baffling me, this. Uh, the fallout from the Vaughan incident, this is the barbecue, where all the players turned up for the barbecue, apart from one or two who are obviously on the outer. Um, now, they had to sign a letter saying that there was no-one else there from outside the bubble. Fair enough. Now, 11 of the 13 have signed this, but uh, Lomax and Alvaro are refusing to sign the letter that there, there was no one from outside there, which makes me think, I mean, I'm not a policeman. I'm not. Uh, but uh, I would imagine any copper worth his or her salt would be asking the question, why aren't you signing this, boys? Yes, that's right. Why aren't you signing this letter? Well, it's a bit obvious. Because what is implied is that there was someone there from outside the bubble who was at this stage unnamed and unmasked, mm. needs to be unmasked. Who else was there? And are you saying 11 people of the barbecue have perjured uh, themselves? That's what I'm suggesting. Uh-huh. Or just didn't notice. Ah, true, yeah. True. Because oh, no, I never saw, no, I never so saw that. No, uh, what, who was there? Nah, never saw her. Never saw him. No, nah, never did. No, nah. you sure? Oh, they said they was. Oh, yeah, we saw him. No, I never did. And if they said they were there, they're wrong. They're wrong. Yeah, no, no, I was never there. Was I? Was I? Was I body? Was I there? Raiders Curtis Scott has fined fifteen thousand for his involvement in a brawl at the Canberra, one of the Canberra nightclubs. I'm not sure which nightclub it was. It might have been Mooseheads. Could have been Cube. Uh, Fiction might have been. Might have been Reload or Sidebar, or the 200 Bar. They're all great clubs. God almighty. They're blessed, aren't they? The, ca- the Capital Territory is blessed with, I think, some of the best nightclubs in Australia. Mm. Some of the best. I mean, if you really want to get out on the tear, as we used to say, you know, have a few and pick someone, you know. Look for peace to disturb. Yeah, look for some. yeah, look for something, you know. What are you looking at, Stephen? Yeah, what are you, yeah, what, are you what are you, what are you looking at? Mm. 
Well, that's uh, well. Any of those will do. I'm not sure which one he was out. Anyway, things got. Out. You might recall this was the chap HG, whom uh, I think you broke this story last year, uh, who was discovered in Moore Park sleeping under a tree. Uh, police got involved. So, yeah, what are you doing here? And he sort of lashed out and uh, you know just wanted to be left alone in peace and quiet, having a sleep. And when the court case came to court, he the did. judge sort of his way in the main. Pretty much, in yes, because yeah. he wasn't affecting anyone. No, he was just... He was too out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, not. couldn't do nothing. I think that's what the judge said. He couldn't do nothing. Now, was Billy Slater approached to coach the Maroons? He says he was. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. I know Camp Smith was. I know Dale Shearer was. Gary Belcher was. I think Shane Bidpon went. Webke was. Wow. Did the Coltrane so, get a call? Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd got a call, yeah, mm. w- w- without doubt. Um, now, Billy says he was approached and said, yeah, I'm interested, and then they said, well, you're going to have to be interviewed because we're talking to someone else as well. And he said, well, shove it. I'm not... No, 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 no. It's just me. It's going to be me. or No, nah, no, I'm not going to talk to you no more unless you just say it's me. They weren't prepared to do that. Uh, now, the Blues have failed, HG. I think last week there were calls for uh, Freddie Fiddle to be, made, to be made Blues coach for life. I think that's being wound back a little bit. The attack was disjointed. They looked as if they had no coach at all. Mm. And the fact is, they probably didn't. Mm. Make of that what you will. Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, um, just a little bit of housekeeping because we are making a spin-off show starting on Friday called Dodging Armageddon. Yes, that's right. Now, I'm bound to get Bludging on the Blind Side and Dodging Armageddon confused in the run on the Olympics, but be that as it may, it'll probably end up being Bludging Armageddon, Dodging on the Blind Side, but be that as it may, Mm. we need to explain that this is a half-hour program of highlights yes. broadcast on the ABC yep. at various times, but mainly about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Doesn't matter where you're listening to this, it'll be on the or ABC at 3 o'clock in the okay. afternoon. Is that a fair statement? Uh, uh, okay. And uh, is that because it has, it has a, an Olympic focus? It, it does. It does. Good. God, that's terrific. Good. I, I should have mentioned that. Now, yeah. we're off. We're going to have the time of our lives. Yes. Very constrained circumstances. going to be what we describe as a different Olympics. Yes. But let's face it, there'll be events. They'll all be run roughly at the time in the program. Yeah. As I keep pointing out, the 100 metres may be run at 8, 10 past 8 at night. You can get the bet on. You can have the collect. You can wander away yeah. and bet on the shot put if you want to. I mean, it's all going to unfold pretty much. No crowds. No, no. Challenging circumstances. Challenging My understanding is that uh, we're going to be staying on the Canimbla and being flown in and out. Is that it? That's right. That's right. Uh, well, the Canimbla may be able to, as events go on, it may be able to dock. You know, but because oh, really? we're not sure, we're not sure exactly how bad the yeah. the virus will get in Japan. And right. let's face it, I, I've got to be honest here. I'm confused, and I'll be pleasantly surprised when I lob on Thursday morning yeah. to discover if they've got the Delta variant there already, or if they're waiting for it to come. Sure. Now I know I'm not asking. Yeah, you I, know, I don't know. Now, can I ask though, just to begin with, you've been involved in protocols. Yeah. Are you happy with the way protocols are going? I no, know, I've you know, seen no uh, sanitary baths. At all, um, when I did mention it to uh, to uh, I, I had uh, occasion to be uh, at the embassy mm-hmm. uh, in Canberra, the Japanese embassy, just to uh, uh, do a little bit of uh, 
crossing T's, dotting I's, etc., etc., and to uh, see what sort of nightclubs they were going to or interested in the Canberra area, uh, what they did say to me was that they were very interested in one called... Uh, Kokomo's. Kokomo's, yes. Kokomo's, which they say is, is terrific mm-hmm. and uh, the, the staff there really like it. Anyway, I mentioned uh, sanitising bath to them and they didn't know what I was talking about. You know, I've seen a lot stop, dip signs up. In, in oh, you Japan. have? Yeah, I've seen a lot of That's all I've seen. But right. it, you know, this is this process you're pioneering. Well, see, I, well, you, well, there you've got me. See, I, I can't read or speak Japanese at all. Uh-huh. So you've seen the sign, have. have you, saying clothes off, into the into bath, the bath immersion, hose off. Hose off and move on. Get, re, redress, walk on. Yeah, and okay. as I've pointed out in other media commitments, yep. this great breakthrough that Dick Pound's bringing in on next Saturday, uh, yeah. next Sunday, yep. is a nude day at the Olympics because Good. he's worried there's hesitancy yeah. about getting in the in the bath. Oh, really? Because people are afraid of, you know, it's cultural sensitivity. Oh, different things. well, I mean, so, yes, so, some nations would have a cultural sensibility. About public about nudity. About public nudity, yes. Mm. Yes, it's all right for us. We live with it, I mean. Aussies and nudity have gone hand in hand ever since, you know. Well, the only person who tried to stop it was, of course, uh, Rex Mossop, all those years ago, which came up last week in the show. Now, uh, covering issues in the show, we're making a a program of uh, Dodging Armageddon Mm. every day Mm-hmm. For the Olympics, yeah. except sad days when we're doing the blood with an Olympic tinge. We'll ha- yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah From the Canimbla? What a good Or question. are we being flown back no, on the I- Friday night for the Saturday show? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Logistics are beyond me. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> we're going to be spending a lot of time in helicopters. Mm. Now, can I come to uh, Origin 3? Yes. Uh, I suppose, what did you make of the Sutton performance? And did you think it influenced the result? Yes, it did. I and thought Sutton was a show pony, an old-fashioned show, an old-fashioned look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm in control here. You know, players are great, but <laughs> don't forget me. Yeah. You know, tweet, 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 six again, six again. Why? No idea. No, no idea. Now, no idea. can I come to the tackle that mattered, the Josh Addo car tackle, mm. and I looked at you and you yeah. looked at me and we both thought the same thing, Craig Bellamy, didn't Craig we? Bellamy, yeah. It, uh, people who are unfamiliar with this is uh, Josh Adokar was held up by a maroon mm. and completely cut in half yes. by, I'll never get the name, but uh, one of the maroon. Another maroon came from uh, behind, behind him. him. So he, he wasn't expecting it. it and put his uh, shoulder into uh, his kidneys uh, with as much force as was humanly possible. Now. Now, beautiful rugby league moment. Yes. But, uh, but it set him back, it you'd did. have to say. And can I ask, is that the sort of tackle you think would persuade parents that their mm. kids should be playing rugby league? Well, I think a lot of parents would be saying, well, what was his technical fault there? Uh, Addo Carr should have been, he should have been prepared to take one in the back. You know, rugby league players, generally speaking, those, those who make the grade, fully expect... You to know, get clobbered. To get clobbered from behind or blindsided in some way. You, you've mm. got to be mindful, actually. You've almost got to look 360. Now... We come to the difference between, say, rugby league and the AFL, where the opponents in rugby league tend to be in front of you. In front so of you, yeah, him. Generally this speaking, is the genius yes. of this <clears throat> bit was to turn Josh Adokar yep. through 180 degrees, so yep. his back was facing the yes. direction of yep. well, danger. Mm-hmm. Direction, that's, and that's it right. certainly came from that direction. Yep. Now, can I ask, yep. uh, after the event the other night and certainly uh, last night, whether there's been a winding back of the crackdown? Mm. Now, you and I... You mean the crackdown on head highs? Yes. Well, the crackdown, I'm, I'm going to go further than that. Uh, yeah. You know, any sort of thing that may be conducive to 
causing an injury. Concussion <clears throat> inducing Yes, good on injury. you. That's better. Yes, That's better. Yes. Now, uh, do you think the rugby league have realised that it changes the game too much from the momentum point of view, mm. from the dis- uh, opening up bigger dis- differentials in the scoring? Mm. Do you think they've wound it back? Or do yeah. you think they're still staying the course and that they're just going to experiment with the Josh Addo car tackle Look, to see where it goes? I think the jury's just still a little bit out on this, HG. I think what's happened is that players have... Um, adapted? Adapted, yes. Yes, as you'd expect they would. They're professional. Um, uh, so the only real head highs that you're seeing at the moment are what we call bounce, bounce heads. And that's where the the forearm bounces off the ball into the head of the opponent. Now, we know as a fact that Coach Bellamy is coaching this, mm-hmm. uh, is encouraging this. Now, it's going to be very difficult for um, for referees and it might have to go to the bunker every time to see whether it's a genuine bounce or a controlled bounce. If it's a controlled bounce, then you'll be sent off. If it's an accidental bounce, then you can stay on. It's tricky though, isn't it? Two things. Yeah. You've mentioned the bunker. Do you believe the bunker was in Sutton's ear the other night telling him what to do and what not to do as he went along? One question. The other thing is there's another sort of bounce, which you see now quite a lot of, and last night there were a few incidents of this, where the arm, the attacking arm, comes up and collects the uh, player carrying the ball on the arm and the arm bounces up onto the head. Yes, that's right. That's a separate thing to the bounce bounce. off the ball. Yeah, that's right. So there's two sorts of bounces. Two sorts of bounces, They'll have to be legislated in or out of the rules. We have to wait to see. Well, that's right. So take the two issues. Yep. The bounce off the arm yes. and the bunker. Look, I think the bounce off the arm can be, again, accidental or can be controlled. No, I agree with that. I agree. That's can why be I wrote controlled. That. That's you why know, I wrote it, it depends. If you're bringing, it, if you're bringing your arm from a, a lower area upwards, taking in the arm, knowing that the projection that the arm is going on is likely to end up in collision with the head, then you'd have to penalise that. <laughs> If the ball, if the arm, however, is coming downwards and bounces off the arm into the head, then that's accidental. So it's up to the bunker to make those. I mean, it's pretty clear, really. Yes. Yes. And any referee worth his salt should be able to pick that depending on the angle of the arm. You just look at the angle of the arm. Now, the one... The, one, the, oh, the, the other question was, was are you the bunker get... in his ear? Yeah. No, I don't think anyone was in his ear. He I, made I, all I those decisions by the show pony. I, I think he was saying, this is my match, I'm a Sutton, I've got the whistle, the rest of you can shut up. Yeah, and did he model himself on Bill Harrigan or the grasshopper Barry Gomesall, do you think, for those who know their rugby league refereeing history? And who I doesn't? think he modelled himself this week on Hollywood Hartley. Oh, yes, Hollywood Hartley, right. Yes, it was a real now, Hollywood performance. Mm. Now... Can I ask players falling into the arm which would have tackled them round the chest as opposed to yeah. across the head, where are we with that at the moment? Because I think they let that go now. Well, what I've seen, I've noticed uh, with the Melbourne Storm and the way uh, Bellamy's coaching HG, he's training his players to fall into the arm. Yes, yes. To fall into the arm. Uh, now, it's going to be, again, difficult for a referee to say, well, that was a deliberate fall. You deliberately tripped yourself into, into the arm or it was an accidental fall. If it's a deliberate, deliberate, you know, seeking out the arm with the head, uh, Nat Mile, Nate Miles style, then I think that's got to be penalised. Mm-hmm. I think the bloke's got to be taken off for an HIA, obviously, and not invited back as a penalty. 
What sport has done more to promote the decent, genuine, hard-working Aussie spirit more than any other comparable code in recorded history? Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, uh, I mentioned this in my... Uh, opening remarks, but uh, you know what a week for rugby league. I mean, forget your state of origin; that's obviously mm. sidebar stuff. Yep. So, rescuing the whole competition, dragging yeah. it, kicking and screaming over the tweed. Yeah, uh, I know Anthony Abdo has been in his hole, as he calls it. That's mm. his office, his nerve centre. Yes, you know, where all the, you yeah. know, the chalkboards up there with a bit of chalk and whiteboard yes. and butcher's paper and stuff like that is yep. where. But I was taken by these comments, which I alluded to earlier, mm. from uh, the Murdoch Press. Uh, in a mission with echoes of Dunkirk, the Dunkirk evacuation mm. of Allied soldiers during World War Two. Mm. I mean, is that how you saw well, it? Well, it I gives mean, you an idea of the of the logistics, just the logistical nightmare, HG. When you think about it, now, look, let, let's just try and imagine this coldly. You've got to get a team from the Canterbury-Bankstown club into Queensland You've got to get a team from the St George. You, you see what I mean? I know. And can I just point yes. out, in Canterbury-Bankstown, you've got the problems of Dylan Napper. I mean, I just don't want to go yeah. any further than that. Get in yeah. the car, Dylan. Get in the car. Yes. You won't get in the car. No, you won't. And they've got to drive to the airport or they've got to drive to the How bus terminal. How do you terminal? keep them on the bus? Exactly. You know, the bus stops at red lights every now and again. Uh, you can't have that, otherwise, you know, players will get off and do something stupid and get involved with the community and burst the bubble. You can't blame them. They, they're, they're just players. They're just rugby players. So you've got to keep them locked on the bus. You've got, to, you've got to make sure there's a green light all the way through straight to the airport. You've got to make sure the plane's ready, you know, with the doors open. In you get, shut the bloody doors and wait for the next team to come from Manly. Know. You know, same deal. You've got to block off all the roads. You've got to make sure all the ducks line up in terms of green lights so that the bus doesn't have to stop at all. I know. And then you go past... But that's just two clubs. I know. Then you've got Cronulla. Oh, oh no, God almighty. Then, of course, you might pass a hot food outlet. And you might. Nando's Chicken or yes. something like that. All of a sudden, everybody's that's know, right. pressing on the brakes. Everybody wants to I get know. off. And, I know. Someone's going to read the sign, pushing an emergency at the back window. Boom, that's going to be out. Someone's going to be clamouring it out at the, you know, all the buses going at 80 kilometres an hour. You, you can see where this is going to go, landing on someone's bonnet, creating mayhem. Uh, I mean, the logistics are, I mean, it is Dunkirk, really, isn't it? It's Dunkirk without the water. Exactly. Now, I w- I'm wondering if if there's just some element here of, yep. uh, you know, and the and the hovering over all of this is the COVID, yep. which makes it more like Dunkirk, yes. you know, because it's so easy to think, it's oh, well, the enemy. Like it's that. the yeah, enemy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there's no one shooting at them. Yeah. But there is. There is. There's yeah. a virus. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, can I just say, oh, <clears throat> the writer here says it's just like Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. Dash, albeit on a much smaller scale. Hang on a minute. Oh, what are you talking about? Exactly. It was It was just monumental. Yes. Monumental. Yeah. Hundreds of players, staff and club officials along with 12 clubs had to be moved into into Queensland. Yeah, the, the officials. You forget the officials have got to go as well. And then the families as well, which I'm not well, sure about. Well, the families, about. I think the jury's out on that. Yeah, or no, that's going to happen sure. or not. That yeah. might be just a bridge too far at this stage. Certainly it's the case with... Uh, Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall, oh, yeah. Anyway, now, they have to be moved into three 
three hubs for at least the four ne- next four weeks. Well, there are three hubs now. Yes, there's three hubs. Mm, now, Lord. I can't do me, oh, probably can if These I... These are the three hubs in Queensland, I yeah, Are they ready? One... Are they ready for the players? Well, there's one on the Gold Coast. Good. That, uh, well, that'll be ready. Because of origin. Yeah. They'll be used to that. And there's one, two in... Um, the hinterland. Brisbane. 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 Yeah. So, but the difficulty is, is mm. that these have to be, they have to be armed camps. Yes. Basically, because they can't have people wandering off to. No, you can't. You is know, is the army involved, HG? Do we know? Is Fruin the, you know, the. The, the, the COVID the boss, guy. The COVID guy. Yeah. I think he. JJ. JJ. He yeah. has. Has JJ got, got anything to do with it? Well, he. Was JJ sending some troops in to, to, guard to keep the, order in the hub? Now, the alternative was, oh, well, here we go here. Look, uh, mm. the Panthers, Knights and Sea Eagles roosters are at Twin Waters on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so that's further north than yeah, Brisbane. Yeah. Beautiful area. Mm. Might be in that place, um, you know, Scacy built all those years ago. Although oh, I all right. I always get this wrong. Whether he or built. Mike Gore built. Yeah, one of them. One of know. them. Sanctuary Stacey, Cove. Yeah, remember when uh, Sinatra came out? Yeah, Sanctuary Cove. Sanctuary Cove, okay. It's beautiful, yeah. Sanctuary Cove. The, uh, it's paradise. Rugby league paradise. Mm. The Eels, Bulldogs and Rabbits and Raiders mm. and Warriors have set up camp, I like that, at the McHugh Hotel on the Gold Coast. Right. That leaves the Dragons. Camp, camp in the building, HC, or camp in the grounds? I think uh, in the grounds. Tents, 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 tents there, under, under canvas. Good. Because JJ fixed that up with yep. the uh, supplies, the quartermasters, they sure. brought the tents over. Yep. You know, palliasses and, you know, stretches with yep. the springs, you know, on the side, good, that good. old school stuff. Yep. And, uh, you know, a shower at the end of the uh, row of tents. Aha. Uh-huh. Rugby League delivers more hope to the hopeless than any other code in recorded history. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, it's another dollop of hope for the hopeless. And uh, just a quick reminder again that uh, we're presenting a spin-off program every day the Olympics is on. Dodging Armageddon is the name of the show and it'll uh, be available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from and also on the radio across the nation, everywhere you can hear the ABC will be carrying it at some stage. Now, if you want to get involved in the bludge, uh, text number 0467920222, that's 0467920222 or the old way, RoyanHG at abc.net.au and the following have we? Uh, yes, uh, just on the text, Dave of Eleanor has been in touch. He says, interestingly, Mike Gore said sanctuary Cove, Australia's first gated community, I didn't realise that, was built because there were too many cockroaches in Australian society. That was his quote. Was he having a go at... Uh, rugby league. Rugby league, yeah. I bet he was. I bet he was. Yes, a long time since we've had to get the Mortini out, didn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Now, Jerry's been in touch. Jerry says, howdy from California. Oh, no. <laughs> the international footprint goes it on, does, yes. It does, doesn't it? He says, I was excited to hear you mention Shintaro on your show last week. It brought back so many good memories. The Samurai was my favourite show. Watched it every day after school. My wife is just as excited when I told her about bludging, Ar- uh, bludging Armageddon. Bludging Armageddon? That's yeah, not yeah, bad. No, it's good. It's already there. Yeah. The mistake is made. Yeah. He says hopefully Tonbay will also get a mention uh, as uh, every hero needs a trusty sidekick. Yes, this was Tonbay the Mist, I believe, who was Shintaro's number one, number two man, you might recall. Well, I, I've got to be honest. I'm not a Shintaro devotee. No, no. I can no, remember no, watching it, but it didn't. It, it didn't, didn't talk to you. No. But one thing I was going to say was in other media commitments, I referenced um, mm. the person who jumps off the out of the black smoke mm. back up several levels. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was a regular feature of the show. Well, I think Tonbo was capable of that. 
as were you would have called them, uh, maybe it'll come to be Koga Ninjas. Koga Ninjas. Koga Ninjas, yes. And they, they were led by someone called, uh, what was his name? No. So while it's while you're me. thinking, yeah. the Star Knives. Oh, Star Knives were, were, were huge. Thing. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can remember at one stage digging underneath the prefabs at school yeah. and having a lot of Star Knives in there and keeping other members of staff and prefects at bay by hurling mm. Star Knives at them. Wow. Mm. Who made, how would you make your Star Knives? Oh, did you cut them out of tin? Yeah, cut them out of tin. Galvanised on. Galvanised on. Oh, mm. great. Did they stick in the trees? They did. That was the marvellous thing about star knives. They'd always miss people and just land in trees, but in a delightful pattern from memory. Hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, See, the lighting of the flame. Ton- Tonbay was an Egan ninja. You'll have to help me again. Yeah, they're Egan ninjas and Kogan ninjas. Right. Fuma Kotaro was his name, the head of the uh, Kogan ninjas, and they were, they, they were no good. They were no one. <laughs> They were up to no good. They were underneath the school prefabs. Yeah. Now, uh, Stuart Gibbs. Stuart's been in touch. He says, uh, yet another fine episode, uh, sharing on the toilet of hope. Um, uh, he says, I'll tell you what, Monday morning going to work in Canberra was made so much better, uh, thinking about the uh, sharing on the toilet of hope, be that as it may. Uh, you've discussed over the past few months that Russell Crowe is investing heavily in the movie industry here in Australia, which is true. Given the heartwarming, swarming story of Manu living in a car, travelling six hours a day on reliable New South Wales public transport, followed by him bunking down in a sick bay of a panel beater in Belmore to escape the fumes, do you think both Russell Crowe and the coal man uh, could fund a new movie called The Toilet of Hope? He said, I'd pay a fortune to see this movie. Hmm. Uh, maybe advanced screenings at Watsford Oval for the VIPs. Perhaps the Man of Feathers couldn't, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But it is a, it is a lovely story. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the kitty did. All, uh, I don't think Canterbury did all that well. No, they lost that match, but I did get, didn't get any focus on that particular performance. No, no. no. But remember, of course, with uh, Dylan Napper not being able to go north, if that's the case, yeah. then there may be room on the bus for uh, the for the Toilet of Hope man. Yeah, the panel beater. The panel beater boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed Russell is making a new film of which he's going to star in it and direct. Is he? Uh, maybe starting this week. That's always a big ask, isn't it? it? Is. When you're directing a film, you're in. Yeah. Very, very hard. Uh, Warren's been in touch. Uh, in the wake of Rugby League's most expensive sausage sizzle, um, uh, he's wondering on risk modelling he's talking about, HG. He's talking about vorgonomics uh, and its intricate workings. Interrogating the complex mind of philosophies in an NRL front rower, it's believed that the law of diminishing return, opportunity cost and probability may be expressed on the Vaughan spectrum, a tool designed to predict the likelihood of a potential disaster and rating them relative to the world's new benchmark for abject failure, the Shell Harbour sizzle. What are your people telling you? Well, as nearly as I can tell, actuaries all over the world or from many insurance companies have been factoring in rugby league into their thinking for a hell of a long time. Uh, for example, these days, to get insurance for a wedding, let's say you're having a wedding next weekend, the first question the insurance company is going to ask you is, what do you do? Yes. Yes. Are, they, are there yes. going to be any are there? Are there going to be any rugby league players yeah. there? In which case, boom, the insurance rate goes through the roof. I, I've i got to say is that the insurance on this moving the whole competition north, I, yeah. I mean, it must be phenomenal. Oh, it would be phenomenal. Yes. You know, because you've got that... that 
Yeah. X Factor, the mm-hmm. Nate Miles Factor, for want of a better way of That's describing right. it. Yep. You know, things are going to go horribly they wrong. Are. They're going to be in there. I think somebody raised the issue of these are fit blokes with needs. Yes. And, you know, they're camped up hour after hour, month it, after month. That's right. With nothing but rugby league as their outlet. Yes. I mean, something, something's going something's to go Something's going blown. to snap. Yeah, snap. That's the right word. Something's going to snap. Now, Elliot's been in touch. He says the recent suspension of 13 Dragon players brings the total number of players currently on suspension from the league to over 20 players. Given the man of feathers' determination to create a new team for the league, oh, this raises this an interesting idea. alternative model for the game. I propose that all suspended players be formed together into their own team, a Dirty Dozen-style team. Mm-hmm. They'd gain no points and serve only to add some drama to the game. Wouldn't that be Great a lovely idea. idea? It's a lovely idea, Great isn't idea. it? Keep them fit. Would you have a coach? something to do. Would yes. you have a coach? You know, somebody's appointed coach to yes. try and keep them under control? Yes. Someone, oh, I don't know, someone who's got, uh, I mean, if, if yeah, Jared were a Hergraves had retired, you'd get him to coach them, <laughs> wouldn't you? You would. You would. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Now, Patty and Mike from the Northern Beaches. Uh, before we went into lockdown, my partner and I were having a go planning our renovations, visiting various various flooring showrooms wow. on Saturday while the bludge was on the radio. Wow, what you a know, great activity. Yes. Various flooring, various flooring sh- showrooms. Do you believe that for one minute? I do. <laughs> I do. Flooring is very important. I mean, not everyone can just get polished concrete. A lot of people want to have The warmth timber. of wood. The warmth of the wood. Thank mm. you very much. To our surprise, we pulled our a sample labelled Kingston and then spotted one called Winks and another called Black Caviar and started to notice a theme. Mm-hmm. We brought home a brochure, highlights of which we attach for your perusal. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Could you walk, or, could you walk around on a Winks? Uh, we're on the chart with the King fit in. And why isn't he there already? Sure, he'd, Surely he'd be a bestseller. Well, the Rooting King never had a floor, never had a timber. There was never a Rooting King flooring. We did have beds and a dressing table, though, a uh, Rooting King line I, of dressing can tables. Can I ask, are these real woods as in yes. sawn up trees or is, are these composite woods? They could well be composite woods, HG, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a great idea for a composite wood. Yes. Because you get the finish you want. That's right. You could dial it up probably exactly. in the workshop. Yep. And, yep. and what distinguished the winks from the black caviar? No it doesn't idea. say because the printing's uh, in black and white, so, oh. so I can't see the, the, the colour. You know, I don't know whether. And the is there winks... any suggestion? Let's say the winks colours were pink, well, brown. Very, with no, black. it'd be a honey coloured. Oh, black okay. caviar would be a very dark wood. You see what I'm going? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how it'd work. Um, now, uh, Australians always turn to our football codes in times of crisis. Uh-huh. Um, this is Jack from Tookley. So once again, with our COVID vaccine rollout floundering in a sea of apathy, misinformation and supply problems, we looked at the greatest game of rugby league to right the ship. Instead of signing little footballs at the end of the game, players should administer vaccine jabs to fans. Imagine ah, the queues brilliant. of delirious supporters waiting for Nathan Cleary or Dustin Martin to jam a needle into their arms. Social media would turbocharge the right. Well, that's it's not a bad idea. I don't know about players with needles, although they're probably no stranger to needles. No. Um, but I don't think – I think you'd have difficulty getting insurance. Well, they'd be ticketed. And doctors would complain. Well, they would, but they'd they be would. ticketed. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure uh, 
you know, in the old days, people might not remember this, mm. but their, a dentist used to be the head of the uh, VFL yeah. uh, back in the day. Oh, a dentist can give needles. They're great giving yeah. needles. And he used to do, you know, maybe do a couple of fillings at yeah. half time, yeah. that sort of thing. Could I suggest, though, that the various uh, various clinics, HG, respiratory clinics and what have you, and uh, even in Sydney at Homebush where people can line up, it'd be lovely to have rugby league players just sitting around there that you could talk to while you're waiting or speak with in the 15 minutes after you've had your jab where you've just got to sit around doing nothing. Or Instead of looking at, uh, you know, your device and being bored, wouldn't it be great to have someone like uh, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard sitting there? <laughs> so, you know, what are you doing here, mate? Oh, I'm just here. Can yeah. I ask, do you think they should have a role, though, maybe handing, yes, I out, do. handing out brochures on the yes. line or directing people into yes. the, have yes. you had your first jab? Okay, you yes. go there. Yep. Have you had any? No, I haven't. Okay, you yep. come here. Yeah. I mean, that, yep. an actual role. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I don't want to give them... I don't I, to, look, I don't know about a role because I think people would, professionals might object to that. But if they have no role, they're just there to entertain, amuse, have selfies done, you know. Hey, Regan, hey, look this way, mate. Yeah, take a shot. It would encourage a lot of people to go because as soon as you get home, you say, guess who I bumped into out at Homebush? Who? Regan Camel Goodhart. Get out of here. I did. He's just sitting there with Nathan Keery. No way. And people would be queuing up. And tomorrow they're going to have that bloke toe there. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm there. Thanks. And I've had a shot. And I don't need one, but I just go and have a look anyway. Now, uh, Darren from Batemans Blade. Yes, he says, Darren. Re Todd Woodbridge. Uh-huh. It's not often we talk about Todd on this program. No, good is reason, it? though. There is a very good reason because he's pretty bloody ordinary. Now, can a former tennis player who won no significant titles be taken seriously as a commentator? Well, exactly, yeah, Exactly. Boy. I myself could not play tennis to save my life, and I don't think Todd Woodbridge could either. Gee, that's a big call. It is. To raise Todd's credibility behind the microphone, I suggest we reactivate the Woodies and bring Mark Woodford into the Conmary Rocks with him. The Woodies need each other. Uh, History has shown, and on their own, they're both useless. The problem is... They don't want to Darren, be together. They don't get on. I oh, know, they don't want to be together. They don't like each other. No, it'd be cruel. It'd be cruel. It would be cruel. Sparks would fly and it'd be interesting. I mean, people think the Woody's got on. They never did. <laughs> That's right. They never did. People wanted them to be the they Supermax. They talk to each other. They wanted them to be Supermax too, but they're not. They weren't. Mm. You know, the Supermax, they got on well. Mm. Paul McNamee and Peter McNamara. They were mm. great mates. Mm. Not the Woody's. They were tennis players. Uh, now, um... Bevan from Perth says, uh, I'm watching the Rabbits v Cowboys, a crowdless tussle, and respected commentator Gus Gould made a first-half statement, rugby league players have to use their brains more and their bodies less or their careers will be cut short. What? He used Jason Tumalolo as an example, saying he would extend his career if he used his body less and his brain more. Baffling, isn't it? I would love your ex- experienced view of uh, this. I feel players like The Stool extend his career by switching his brain off and just letting his body run on muscle memory only to extend his boxing career. What do you think? Well, this is, this is a... Um... Gus often says things that are... They seem on the surface philosophically coherent, but they're not. No, can I point out that the best... The best of Gus, apart from what he's going to do with the dogs. Oh, that's right. He's the new dog, head yeah, dog. And the new head dog. Yeah. Those... Trent Barrett just found out today. How, how does uh, Trent get on with Gus? I don't Ooh. know. Don't I don't know. know. Uh, sparks will fly. Now, uh, Gus often does a lovely think piece before Origin. In mm. fact, I'm pretty sure he does always the think piece before Origin. Uh. And I've got to be honest here. It was on Wednesday night, 
did he quote Game of Thrones yes, in he his did. think piece? He did. Uh, and it was something to do with courage, when a bl- courage and being afraid. Mm, yeah. And for a minute there I just thought, hang on a minute, does he know Game of Thrones isn't real? It's a novel? Yeah. And I thought, well, why, why do that? And then, of course, you can obviously the, with the benefit of YouTube, you can go back and look at all Gus's think pieces mm. and they're of an order of, you know, mm. if you want a dream, you need to get out of your comfort zone or if you want to make your dream come true, you need to get out of your comfort zone, that sort of yeah. that philosophy like that. Yeah. But it is, it is an amazing uh, tour de force to think that three times a year, I mean, I know what mm. you're going to say here, it's mm. going to be an Anzac Day reference, I know, I know. but three times a year he has to He's got to dig deep. <laughs> He's got to dig deep, He's got to dig deep and come up with something meaningful. Yes, we we discussed this off air, you know, and I mentioned poor old Brendan Nelson yeah, had no, to come up with something every Anzac day, dig deep, dig deep, you know, very, very difficult to do. And Gus has got to do it three times, times a, a year. year. It's almost you know. impossible. And he has to deliver it. He's got to deliver. And, and you walk. can't just say, and look, walk. If, you want to, if you want to dream, and I encourage people to dream, you've got to go to sleep. <laughs> I mean... What do you do with that? <laughs> you just got to move on. You got to move on and enjoy your Origin football <laughs> and try and forget that you've just been baffled. Yeah, uh, it is a hell of an achievement. Now, is that it? That's for them? it for this week. Okay. Now, look, if you want to get involved with the show, uh, <clears throat> as those people have done, RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And when we come to do the other one, the uh, spin-off show, the one that names I'll always get wrong, Dodging Armageddon, that'll be the way to get involved with the show. Oh, yes. Uh, because of uh, time differences. On the Canimbla, we can still get these. Well so, done. You know. Thanks very much. Yeah. So, if you want to get involved with the Dodge, oh. then it's RoyNHG at abc.net.au and market Dodge. Every hour of the day, somewhere in the world, a rugby league referee's whistle is being blown. <laughs> Fact. This is bludging on the blind side. Now. Coming back to that story we were running uh, before the news concerning relocating the whole competition. Yes. We got to the point where I think we were up to the uh, the Dragons, Sharks and Tigers are all sharing accommodation at Novotel Brisbane. I mean, how could that possibly How is that going to work? So you got, are they on different floors, HG? They perhaps? have to be. Yeah. The Dragons, Sharks and Tigers. No. That's now, not going to be in the Novotel, they, uh, <coughs> they, their stay could stretch to the end of the season. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers today, which aren't great in New South Wales, will mean to the expansion of lockdown or the continuation of lockdown. Uh, But they're obviously having to wait till the transmission rates fail or fall, should I say. Yeah. Um, They think the cost per, they think 100 million plus. The cost of rugby league? Yeah. uh, You know, and then you've got, that set against whether we shut the game down for a while. Yeah, right. Now then it comes to the big one. Where mm. are the finals going to be played? Yeah. And so mm. we have now this possibility that... Is there any talk of uh, rural New South Wales like Wellington or Bathurst yes, or well, somewhere like that? I know. I mentioned in the opening remarks, yeah. Wattsford Oval. Yeah, well, it's not ready. The lift's no, there, but no, there's nothing else there. Mm. See, Stadium right. Australia in this article wasn't feasible either, so several uh, conversations with uh, the man of feathers... Yeah. Analysis discussions with Stadium and a, with a, we called a commission meeting and, you know, we had in place that they could move from Newcastle to the Gold Coast for State of Origin. Yeah. Now, mm. are we thinking that we've got to look, the Gold Coast, I think, that what's that called, Seabus Stadium? Seabus, yeah. yeah. And north from there for places or could you go to Adelaide? Mm. See, my, my thing I don't think Adelaide is, would welcome them. 
I, th- I think the, I, I don't uh. think uh, I think there's a difficulty there. I think the border's shut with Adelaide, so I think it's got to be Queensland. So it might have to be north. Of, is it possible to go north of Sanctuary Cove? Could we go, go back to Townsville? We could, but my feeling is they'd rather. I think they can get more in at Suncorp if they're not restricted. Well, by, well of course yeah. they could. I yeah. mean, what were yeah. the teething problems with Townsville? Wasn't there an issue that they couldn't get people in quickly, quickly enough? enough? <clears throat> Just to, by so the they'd by, have to open the gates. Say at four a few o'clock, hours earlier, four, o'clock four, o'clock four in the morning, morning. Yeah. yeah, to get them all in. Now <clears> I understand there was uh, traffic problems for the teams playing the AFL last night, the uh, Lions and the Tigers, mm. wherever they're coming from. Yeah. Let's say they came from opposite directions. They got caught up in prangs and traffic snarls heading into the game. Oh, I mean, they just dear. haven't thought this through. No, they haven't, have they? So anyway, <clears throat> what I wanted to do was get an idea of how this worked, the, the mechanics of this work, because yeah. let's face it, there doesn't seem to be many people involved in the abdo mm. Volandas axis. Right. There may not need to be any many more people than that. You're right. So, uh, Well, all you need is the players and a few officials, don't you, and a couple of whistleblowers. Well, they have to ring all the clubs separately. Uh, you know, they, obviously they would have, in the new, if this happens next year, they'll be ringing Gus, but it looks yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no what I'm getting at, actually, is the, the 100 million. I mean, if, if someone had come to me and asked for a quote and getting the players out of, uh, New South Wales. Uh, out of New South Wales into Queensland, I think I could have brought it home in a little less than $100 million. Yeah, but you're dealing with rugby league, Roy, yeah, you know, the total of rugby league. You and I would have thought, well, let's run convoys. A convoy, yes. Canterbury, when are you leaving? Line the cars up, yeah. you know, et cetera. That's I mean, right. we know you've got cars because Dylan Napper refuses to get in it. That's right. <laughs> so you line the cars up, off you go. Yeah. We'll clear the way forwards. We'll get, make sure it's green, no one's stopping. Yeah. You can load it up with food, as much food as you like, before you sure. go. But once you're on the road, you stay. You yeah. can't go into, no, you can't go into Taree, yeah. et cetera. Stay in touch on the phone. I've got to move on now. I've got to speak to the dragons. Mm-hmm. So dragons, et cetera, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, line yeah. the cars up, get them going. Yeah. And that yeah. wouldn't cost that much. And then. Well, I don't think it would. See, I would have approached, say, Sid Fogg Bus Company. In Newcastle, Fog, very Fog would have provided say forty or fifty buses, and that would have got everyone. You know the few the few officials, the, the whistleblowers. You know Sutton, etc. If he, he's going to be involved in the files, I suspect he will be. So you'd have to have him on the bus, and he'd probably have a bag as well. So sure, a bit of luggage. We well, can got a trailer. Trailer, for yeah, the bags. yeah, 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 yeah. And but was, I wouldn't put him in a four or five. Star Hotel. No, 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 no. Out in the bush. Yeah, no. Bivouac. Yeah, move them away from... Move them away. ...from things they can damage. Yes. You yes. You know, the, the dead vigilies, there's too much, too much soft stuff going yes. on. They need to realise that this is... We're on a war footing here. That's why JJ's involved. That's right. And, you know, That's right. that blokes, those blokes with bayonets there at the end of the street, they're meant to keep you in place. They're not meant to be... You yeah, know, you can't yeah. toss oranges at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Peter talks... And some of the players might might rise to the occasion. Exactly. They, they might will. be a, the, they the will. odd queen scout amongst them who can say, oh, yeah, well, here's where we put a tent up. This, Come on, let's muck in. Oh. This is going to be great. Let's light a fire. Yeah. Napa, get two dry sticks, mate. Start rubbing. See how you get on. Talk to me in an hour. What are you up? You, you know what I mean? It could be great. Bonding. Yeah, bonding. Let, boys, tonight we're making a damper. A what? We're making it down. Who's got the flour? I've got some flour, some flour in the bus. Sid Fogg bus still there, full with flour, you know what I mean? We could organise. It's not going to be $100 million, HG. See, what they... It'd be more like $1,000. What they do is they go to the extreme. Yeah. They go to the... League loves going to the extreme. Yeah. Whereas if it kept it within its own resources, its own resources, you know, it's got enormous resources, you point it, they're untapped. Yes. You only have to look up, uh, you know, Vaughn put on 
down at his barbecue. That's right. I mean, it was feast for thousands. Yes. I saw it. I saw the pictures. Everybody saw the pictures. Yes. Beautifully done. Turned out to a tea. Every yep. steak, every piece of bread was sure. all eaten, stuff like that. Yeah. Sure, the cops came along and buggered it all up because he's just about to serve the pavlova. Sure. But, you know, these things happen. He wasn't to know that the cops were just around the corner. So we get to the point where they can only talk from the Volandis point of view, the Volandis perspective, mm. which is big noting, yes. I do it all, I've rescued the game, I've spent a hundred million that we don't have. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a little bit of that to it, I think, HG, yes, yes. See, I, I would have t- turned the weakness into a strength. I, I'd have had, you know, the Cleal brothers join them, uh, Nolan Les, and deeply resourceful people. Mm-hmm. They'd be pig shooting. There'd be too much pig. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they'd have a pig on a spit every, every night. Yeah, I know, I know. It'd be every team. Every, it would so be there's five teams, five pigs, five spits. Yeah. Everyone laughing. I know. Can I put Cheap as. I know. <laughs> All you need is a bit of sauce, a bit of apple sauce maybe to go with it. And some vegetables. And some vegetables. Well, potatoes. We wouldn't, wouldn't go silly no. because we've got that bloke on the diet. Oh, on the meat diet. Yeah. Meat, water and salt, wasn't yeah. it? I know. Tapu. It's all tapu. you need. Yeah. Mm. Now, he'll be there. He'll and be there. Well, of course, he's very resourceful himself. He's got, a, he's got his own diet program. That's that right. That he can give it to the others. That's right. Now, mm. so here we go. Uh, Peter and uh, this is obviously, uh, you know, Mr. Abdo. Oh, yes. Uh, Anthony Abdo, son or his dad, rather. Uh, Abdo's Andrew. dad. Is he involved now? Is he going? No wonder it's costing hundred million. <laughs> Peter and Andrew speak every day, and he watches the data, and he's got a great gut instinct. Now, this is something about Volandis I didn't realise. Volandis has gut instinct. He does for data. For data. <laughs> he been... should be an actuary, that bloke, shouldn't he? He should be working for insurance companies. <laughs> he's been flagging concerns about New South Wales, concerns about origin, concerns about relocation. To be honest, for the couple of weeks. Right now, they've relocated. That long. <laughs> they re- well, they relocated that match to Newcastle, then away from Newcastle. That's right. So no wonder it's in his mind. I don't think that's any surprise that he's concerned about mm. the data mm. and gut feelings. Yep. Uh, we had to take uh, back as many things as we could control. We couldn't control the infection rate. Oh, that's a blow. Well, rugby D can't control the infection rate. Not alone it can't. It can help. We can't control the government's exemptions. We can't control what people... Uh, allow us to do, but we can control our risk and where we play. So he spoke about watching and the next couple of hours and focusing on our next step, which is obviously the decision to move from Newcastle further north. Yep. And then that sort of follows on. Mm. We had to look at where it was safest to play games. We'd done our homework on several locations across the country, including regional New South Wales, Queensland and even Victoria. Right. God, it would have been a shock if they moved the whole thing to Victoria. Yes. They'd be in trouble. Now, we looked at all the facilities in Queensland, provide us with the best and safest option for venues, training fields and gyms. Well, now, here we come to something. Mm. Gyms are not necessarily the best places to go, no. if, as I understand it, if, no. if you're worried about COVID. No. But outside in the fresh air, yes. run down pigs. Yes. Or lifting rocks. Yes. You know, all of a sudden you're training, getting fit and eating at the same time. Well, that's right. That, that, that's right. Uh, and HG, I, I don't know how often you've done this, but if you get together with your team and uh, all you have, you know, is resourcefulness, an axe, a mattock, shovel, you don't need much else, and you build yourself a, a village. Wow, you, you, a you, village. You, you cut down your, your sticks, your, your, your boughs, you put it together, and the, the amount of pride you get. Pride, that's right. You know, you thatch your roof. I know. You keep the elements out. You've got the pig on the spit. You've been Mm. working all day. Mm. You've been excited. 
uh, get, getting all and the, and the pride you have when when players come around and say, "Oh God, look at the thatching they've done there." I know it's that's beautiful. much better than ours. Yeah, was... How'd you do it? I'll show you. Yeah, or the wood floor. The wood floor. Yeah. You know that looks like uh, where, Ray where, Price Wicks, wood. Wixwood. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah oh, I found a tree over there, and we just cut it down and sort it up. Use the ads to you know yeah. get it straighten into shape, it up. Yeah. straighten it up. Looks beautiful, and you know, and you know, you might get to the point, H.C., where you're going to have to winkle the players out. They're loving it so much. They could so have resourceful, yeah, because you get self-respect, respect, and that's, that's what right. a lot of players don't yeah. have anymore. Can I point out that you and I have done this before? Because yeah. we imagine, <clears throat> let's say they're they're all up there. They play this weekend the magic round, yes, and then tomorrow, what yeah. are they going to do? Yes, exactly. They're going to stare at the walls in their, in their camps in the McCure Hotel. In that's the, right. You know, in the yep. thing that. Yep. You know, Mike Gore built and because he didn't like cockroaches. That's right. You know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, Whereas if they were lashing stuff together lashing and thatching right. and all of that, they'd be looking forward to that. And all these people watch those shows, Survivor and all that sort they of stuff. They do, and you could make a TV program out of it. How We Got Through. How, How We, we got, got Through. Narrated by Russell Crowe? Yes, why not? Yeah, day one, boys. Yeah. Sunrise. Day ten. You know, the butter ran out. Yeah, it didn't stop him. <laughs> yeah, latrine completed, <laughs> and the shower on top of the um, on top of the, the top of the toilet. The system works beautifully. Yeah, we right. made our own system <laughs> out of rocks, and it Can't works. Mm. Look, I, anyway. Ah, uh, well, <clears throat> you know, we had to demonstrate, for instance, another, this story goes on and on, we had to demonstrate to the Queensland Government that we could run our own quarantine facility. Yes. Now, this is a bit hard. Mm. We needed uh, to get exclusive use of the hotels, but we can't, can't have players locked in their rooms with other people staying at the hotel. So they had to boot uh, out oh, all the residents. Oh, that's what all the cost is. Well, see, the hotel is wrong. Um, oh, someone's suggesting, actually, couldn't the fans be billeted, couldn't the players be billeted out to fans' homes? Well, home quarantine? Yeah. And what do they do? They do their matches and then go there. Well, I just worry about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I love the idea in essence and if the World Cup can be, you know, played in uh, yeah. you know, uncoveted circumstances, sure. then billeting players from international places, that would be a dream come true it for would. people. It would. Let's yeah. say you come from Estonia or something like that, your first trip out of Estonia, out of the uh, those terrific countries, Latvia, Estonia, oh, yeah. you know, Lithuania, that part, mm. the Baltic states. Yes. Come to Australia, get billeted, say, in a Penrith house. Yes. It would be fantastic playing at that oval out there. I don't know what they're going to call it, the Resilience Centre. Yes. At Penrith. It'd be sure. just fantastic. It but would. I'm not sure. I think it's too soon to it's go It's too there. soon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's just yeah. my feeling. That's my gut feeling. Right. Now. I uh, needed to get exclusive because you can't have players, dot, dot, dot. We needed to create 12 high-performance centres. Oh, Lord. Mm. With close proximity to the hotels. We were on the phone to Queensland Premier Palaszczuk and CEO of ACOR, Simon McGrath. We have to quarantine plan. And can I just, by the way, at this point, thank Queensland for this? Yes. I mean, I don't think they get enough thanks for putting this on. No. And, you know, I know I've been remiss in the past for not thanking them for staging all three matches yes. of the State of Origin this year, but thank you once again. And, uh, you know, and the heartfelt, you know, mm. gratitude goes out mm. to the people on the Gold Coast because they're the forgotten people. They are. Sure, they had the Commonwealth Games, but they put the wrong night up for the opening night and yeah. it was just all downhill from there. Yeah. But this time I think they've done Australia proud. They have done Australia proud, yeah. Uh, Nick is suggesting, actually, what about... Uh, a, a, a rugby league island. Ah, I think we've had this before. We have, we have, but uh, there must be one of the islands 
off the coast well, h- of Brisbane. Hundreds of uninhabited, uninhabited islands, islands around yeah. Australia. Yes, yes. I, I mean... But off the coast of Queensland, mm. I think there would be, or there'd be some but, islands with very few inhabitants. Are you suggesting the players all go there? Yes. It'd be pretty weird. Yes. But rugby League Island. Yeah, Rugby League Island. Let's and say, they come back say, to the... Out of, well, let's say Stradbroke Island, mm-hmm. you know, for want of another island. Mm-hmm. Let's say Straddy is going to be called Rugby League Island for the next two months. And anyone who's living on the place, leave. <laughs> rugby League players in. Uh, air, there'd be foodstuffs and what have you. Air dropped. Dro- air dropped. But are they playing the games there? Well, or I do don't they know come if Stradbroke has an oval. Probably doesn't. So probably the players would have to be bubbled... Back into Seabus. Uh, back, back into Seabus Stadium, Or yeah. Suncorp or further north. Yes, yes. Well, all we can but say... But that'd is be cheaper than $100 million. True, and we had to show, this is Queensland Government, that there's 24-hour security, yep. fencing, yep. cleaning security, bus companies, plane oh. charters, etc. I mean, no, the logistics is just mind-blowing. Look, I, I mean, this thing's going to be costing more than the Olympic Games. I know, that's that's my problem, you see. That's so I the think problem. They haven't budgeted enough. No. I think maybe $600 million <sighs> for the month. Yeah. Uh, because well, security's uh, not cheap. No. There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy Tamalolo Brie or the fruity Cronk Gorgonzola from the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on bludging on the blind side. Now, obviously off to uh, Tokyo and we're looking forward to the bunks on the Canimbla uh, where we'll be camped for the... uh, the Dodging Armageddon show, and one of the features this year at the Olympics, and I think this could be something that will carry over. Obviously, we get Nude Day at the Olympics. I think it'll be always the first Sunday of the Olympics will be right. Nude Day. Yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, the other aspect, which I've made mention in other media comments, is what I call the dual acceptor program. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we've already lost a few people because of the Lurgy, and we need to ask mm. people going in one discipline to declare their interest in another discipline so as Australia isn't found wanting because yep. of people being sidelined with the obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if yep. you're a swimmer, you might like to think, well, water polo's my go. Or, or give it a go. Yeah, give it or a go. Or even join the boomers. Yeah, well, quite, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't you making, know, I didn't I, mean to make it. You know, I've played hoops. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I've thrown a ball about. Yeah, count me in. Okay. Well, medals, now in athletes, uh, athletes at Tokyo Olympics will uh, put the medals around their own necks to protect against spreading of coronavirus. Right. The very significant change to the traditional medal ceremonies in 339 events, 339 events, was revealed last week right. by Thomas Bach, yep. now the boss. Mm. Now, the medals will not be given around the neck. They'll be presented to the athlete on a tray and then the athlete will take the medal uh, for him or herself. Right. It will be made sure that the person who will put the medal on the tray will do so with disinfected gloves so that the athlete can be sure that nobody has touched them. Bark confirmed yeah. that they're in Tokyo. There will be no handshakes and no hugs during the ceremony. Okay. Now, can I take this one? How close does the person holding the tray get to the athlete, HG? That well, worries me. In COVID-contaminating distance. Yeah. They've got to have it on the end of a broomstick. You see what they do in the AFL? Like doing... when they put pizzas into those yeah, exactly. ovens, HG. It's a sort pizza of pizza light. holder. Yeah. So mm. you'd put the tray on, holding the metal on the end of the pizza holder 
and then present it that way. Yeah, so and you'd be able to maintain the 1.5 to 1.9 metre distance necessary. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, well, that would be – and maybe that can have some sort of extendable component. Yes. You know, should, you know, et cetera. Yes. Now, the other thing I thought of was could the fourth, fifth, sixth place getter yeah. somehow bring the medals out? So you've only got people who have already been in the zone of influence, Oh, say, I see what you mean, and yes. And so you might yes. have the tin – Potato and pear yes. medal winners yep. bring out the medals for the gold. That's an excellent medals. idea because we know that. We, now, look, we don't mm. want people like Kevin Gosper. Uh, we don't want people like, you know, Prince Albert of Monaco. No. You know, we don't want those stars of the Olympic no. movement coming no. in contact with people who may or may not be no. obviously affected by the virus. Yes. Now, yeah, okay. So you're suggesting it's inappropriate, say, for John Coates or well, Dick Pound to hold the pizza holder. Well, I, I just don't want to – look, I've got to be honest here. Yeah. Is we're getting to the point, and I don't mean to be unkind, but age is catching up with us all. Boy, you know that, I know yes. that. You can hear the lump in my throat. Yeah, yeah, but, but there are still dignitaries who are, you know, capable of – Fit enough to waddle out <laughs> with a pizza holder with a tray on the end and not bloody drop it. Now, you're talking about people like Seb Coe. Yes. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Lord Coe, oh, thank sorry. you. Mm, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, Lord Coe. Lord Coe, yeah. Okay, Lord Coe can come out and do that. And who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if Madame Butterfly is going to be there. I think she is. She could do it, Susie O'Neill. Exactly, yeah. She of course, of course, of course, of course she would. She wouldn't drop the tray. No, she wouldn't be There'd walked be a lot of pressure one. on her, though, you know. And the wobbles, you get the a wobble You get up. the wobbles, yeah. yeah. And then you sort of somehow you're looking at the athlete and not where you're going. Yeah. And all that sort of, I mean, I've, I've seen it happen. Oh, I've seen it happen. But that's what's going to happen. And so there, there, there are, you know, mm. issues yes. that are going to develop and unfold. Yep. And then we come to the idea of the bag. Mm. This bag idea, I've never encountered this before, this bag that heats up and gives you an idea of what it's actually going to be like in uh, Tokyo, right. the actual heat of Tokyo uh, caught in the bag that you're sleeping in or you wear. Now, Roy, is this of oh, any th- use Oh, this is the bag some of our swimmers have been using. Well, it's called a climate... Uh, Climate's right to follow suit on Tokyo heat. So yeah, yeah. what happens here is uh, Olympic champion Mac Horton's been using it. Matty Wilson's been using it. Mm. The sauna suits retail for about 200. Yeah. Can reach 60 degrees in five minutes. That's, That's that impressive, isn't it? That would be a shock. 60 degrees. Can you do the conversion into Fahrenheit? Not that I need to, but that is very hot. It's about 118 degrees. Didn't uh, Death Valley get to 60 degrees this week? I think it did. I think it did. Yeah. Now... Okay. Experienced team coach Michael Bowl has mm. said Australia has learned how to adapt after the shock of what happened in Rio five years ago. Mm. Remember those early days in Rio? No one known one nothing. That's right. Whatever the situation you're thrown in front of, you just have to be good adapter at the Olympics. So many things went wrong in Rio. Just going back five years, mm. we had hot and cold water not working. There were rooms not being cleaned, things breaking down. So, oh, hang on a minute. Mm. It's going to be worse than that, and I don't mean to put the mock on them, but that's yeah. just that, – that'll look – well, I'll look back five years and think, bloody hell, how good was Rio? Yeah, they will. I mean, as I understand it, mm-hmm. if you're in the 100 metres, you fly in a couple of hours before the event, you don't mm-hmm. eat anything, you run the event, then you get on the bus and you're on the yeah, way then out. You're on your way. And yep. you pick up a burger yep. on the way out, then that, you fly home. That's right. So many things were not going right in Rio, but people are, are all – under all the same conditions, whether you're from Uganda or Australia. Mm-hmm. Those who adapt well are the ones who do well. The coaches are very conversant with it and are ensuring that uh, whatever situation is thrown at our athletes, they're able to handle them in front of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the dodging arm again is going to be following this very, very closely. How mm-hmm. Australians adapt. Mm-hmm. Because as you point Generally out... Generally speaking, we've adapted well in the past. In, in cr- I mean, you've got to go back, to say, to the line of Athens. 
Edwin Flack. Yes. He didn't he adapt? And a dual acceptor. Yeah. He did the uh, he, he did 15. the marathon. He'd never run a marathon before. Well, he did 815. He did the 815. Got gold. 1500, got gold in both. He'd never done those distances before. Backed up in the marathon. Backed up in the marathon. And then had, had a day off. off. Tennis. Exactly. Day off. And it was yeah. only in 1992 that they gave him the bronze in the, the end. That's right. I mean, it was incredible. The Lion of Athens. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right, Roy. Adaption. Now, we're looking and we're talking about rugby league. Look at the adaption the players are going through if they follow our advices. They're going to build a village. Yes. That's right. That's right. Exploring and so on. I mean, it's going to be great. I know. And and they're going to be living off the land. Mm -hmm. Sure, they mightn't be able to get a pig near where they are. They'll have to lower their sights. They'll have to set traps. For rabbits. Yeah, well, rabbits, Sure. (laughs) Sure. I mean, a rugby league player is going to be able to take their pyjamas off a rabbit very, very easily. So. Actually, I had no idea that uh, Tokyo was going to get up to 60 degrees. Is that what they're suggesting? 60 degrees? Okay. And humid? Yeah, very humid. Very humid. Yeah, even even almost any I time. I mean, it was quite humid. Oh, there in the middle once. It was quite humid. It was quite humid. I said to you, how humid is it, HD? You know, it's about minus four. There was ice on the road. There was. Um, and that black ice on the footpath. You've got to be oh, very careful. I know, I know, I know, I know. I can still feel you, it. I know. Mm. You nearly went. I know. Mm. Now, 60 degrees. Well, it is going to be hot. So yeah. sports like, mm. you know, swimming. So Matt Horton's been sitting around in a 60-degree bloody sauna suit in preparation for Tokyo. Yeah. Has he been swimming in this suit? Can you swim in the suit? What an excellent well, I don't question. Know. What an excellent question. <clears throat> what I've seen is people in there as though they're dressed for action looking mm. at the mobile phone. Oh, really? Really. Mm. Now. <clears throat> all right. Oh, well, that's going to be an interesting wriggle dealing with, I, oh, God. Do all the athletes know? Are they, are they all prepared for this sort of heat? Well, I think they all know it's going is to be hot. Is this a result of global warming? I mean, is Tokyo really getting that hot? No, it's a good I question. I mean, I understand Death Valley. You're, you're 60 yeah, well, degrees there. Well, fair enough. The problem. But not a bloody one of the one of the most what? populated bloody cities in the world. It's sort of on a That's coastal city. Sustainable. Yeah, it's coastal. Yeah. So you would think it had a moderating effect from the sea, but yeah. that's well. We know the sea's rising. Look at the Barrier Reef. Uh-huh. Anyway, be that as it may, uh-huh. I look. I, this is news to me. But then I thought, well, maybe they're over egging it, and it only gets to forty degrees. But hang on a minute, forty, 40 degrees, degrees is pretty hard. You know, they stop work on buildings. In they Australia do. At forty. I think you have to be thirty-five and above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't some athletes collapse? Uh, when it got to forty degrees, some somewhere ah. this week, I think a couple of people died doing a marathon. Oh, that'd be right. Anyway, that'd be right. sixty. All right. Now, look, uh, Roy. Well, here. the spirit of Dunkirk, HG. I know it's all there, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, remember, of course, this leads up nicely now to. Uh, Dodging Armageddon, the first Dodging Armageddon is this Friday. This Friday. Yes, we'll be there on the Canimbla or off the Canimbla. We're not quite sure. We'll just have to Are we watching the opening ceremonies? We're watching the opening ceremonies and I've been reliably informed there's a big Queensland component in the opening ceremonies. In the opening ceremonies. Yeah, there is, there is. There is. It's going to be great. And uh, I think uh, three athletes are allowed to march. Of course, we've got two flag bearers, so that uh, bears that out. Now, join us then or more bludging tinged with dodging next Saturday. Thanks very much for being part of Thank you, Queensland, once again. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.